Does God exist or is he made up? Hi, thanks for listening. Hope you're well. This is PD at the Art of Self-Development. This podcast is for everyone who's interested in psychology, motivation, people skills, and other areas in which we can develop who we are for ourselves and for the people around us. This episode will be a little bit different and chances are quite a little bit longer because it's not a to-do episode. It's not about a simple technique or a simple idea. It is one that plagues philosophers and theologians. One that entire cultures have been considering and thinking about in a lot of depth. And it is the idea of God and religion. We will think about the very idea of the existence of God and whether there can be any proof of the existence or lack thereof, whether God's existence can be disproved, and also about the idea of an organized religion as the intermediary, the middleman between God and man. To me, one of the most interesting things about religion is whether it is natural or learned, that is, it's the old question of nature versus nurture. Because I believe that most people, and maybe all of us, we have some propensity, we have have a tendency to believe in a higher power. And this may be one of the things that define us as as higher animals, although some primatologists would disagree with that, claiming that even great apes can have those feelings. And we can't really ask them, even though we can communicate a little bit with the chimps, for example, it is hard to know for sure. Anyway, the idea of evidence of God's existence or evidence of God's absence or the impossibility, lack of necessity for God as the prime mover or the creator. And this is interesting because most religious people, they will present as fact of God's existence things that, to a scientist, is no fact at all, let alone a proof. For example, they might present the argument that God is omnipresent, and that you only have to look around to see the proof of God's existence, because if there was no God, there wouldn't be anything else, which of course, objectively and logically, makes no sense at all because there are laws of nature that work without any entity to have to govern those laws. 
they just simply exist. And why they do, we can only guess. But that doesn't mean that there is proof of a God. You see, if we don't understand something, that does not mean that there is one specific explanation. One of the areas where we can get more clear could be evolution, because many religious people really don't like the idea. They don't like the idea that we have evolved from lower animals. Perhaps because God's creation is perfect, and it has to be. And if you present to a religious person, for example, the argument that the human body is imperfect, you know, there are many architectural things, you could say, that really need some work on. For example, we have one tube in the throat for breathing and drinking, and this fact alone leads to thousands of deaths every year when people choke on water. And this is a simple thing that perfect architect, I would think, would remedy or not do in the first place. Or, if you look at the way our back, our spine, is formed, many engineers would show you specifically how this structure is imperfect and would probably pinpoint how the spine evolved. But the favorite argument is, if we don't understand something, that means that God was the cause. For example, things like a solar eclipse. Of course, that was caused by God. You know, it's taking away the sun, which brings us light and life, to make us suffer for our sins. Only at the last moment, by the will of the priests who commune with God or communicate with God to finally spare us, or things like tides or any other natural phenomena that are easily explainable. What this way of thinking does is it equates lack of understanding with the present of a higher entity, which is very interesting to me, because A, it's not a proof of anything. You know, scientifically speaking, if you don't really know a cause and you make up one, that is kind of childish. Even though you can feel very strongly about it. But the problem is, if this is God, if the things we don't understand are caused by God, are God's handiwork, then this means that God is becoming ever smaller. And all the things that we used to think that God causes are really easy to explain, or in every single case they were explainable by something different then this 
easily is a good enough proof that this is not the way to go. A proof of existence of God from lack of understanding of natural laws doesn't do it. The funny thing that happens when you corner a deeply religious person by these arguments is they will generally argue that there is no way for you or for them to understand God because God is our creator. He has reasons of his own. And even the argument of the cruelty that takes place in the natural world, such as babies born with diseases or horrible deformities or natural disasters, that it is really not up to us to judge what happens and that ultimately we do not know or cannot know anything. So, to me the idea of the question of religion and faith is more interesting from, from the psychological point of view. That is, we have a tendency to believe in something bigger than ourselves, and this seems to be inherent in the human nature. And why is it? It seems to me that this has to do with growing up as children. Because when we were very young, we were starting to make up our minds about our environment and about the people around us, and particularly our parents, who at that time were really omnipotent in any meaningful sense of the word, meaning they fed us, they provided for us, they were here for us to fulfill our needs. And I believe even when we grew up, we took that connection that we had with parents on a deeper biological level, and we have perpetuated it ever since. Only we, we attached it to something else, something that doesn't necessarily exist. Maybe because even as adults, even when we're no longer children, we still can use a good guide to tell us what to do and how to deal with difficult life situations. And there's something inside the human brain that we can all connect. And even though I'm a skeptic in the sense that I really appreciate knowledge and scientific knowledge, that is something that's provable, repeatable, and it's not based on faith, it's not blind, but we can actually take apart and understand and truly appreciate how it works. At the same time, I understand that having a deity to believe in can make one's life very peaceful, can give a person a feeling of connection, which we quite often lack.
these are the two sides of the same coin. And personally, it would be easy for me to say that religion is bad. And of course God doesn't exist. But I don't think it's as simple as this. If it were simple, the theologians and philosophers would have sorted it out long time ago. But overall, maybe Sartre really said it best when he said, even if there was God, it wouldn't make any difference. That is, if there really was something behind the natural world, it would not take away our responsibility, our responsibility to follow God's lead or just do whatever we think is right. And the moral question, I think, is important here, because no one can really grow and mature when he only follows somebody else. The beautiful thing about this, about this world and this life is there are many real-life situations which do not have an easy answer, an easy solution. And through dealing with those complex questions and life situations, we grow. And it's the only way we can grow. Because life is uncertain. And even our morals are uncertain and relative based on what society we live in what state that society is in. So, this approach of absolute responsibility, whether or not there is God, really seems to be the best approach to me. And there are some interesting aspects, by the way, of religion and science, or where they can possibly meet, that it's interesting to think about, such as the idea of a multiverse, or the idea, which is a pretty solid scientific theory, that this may actually not be the only universe there is. It can either be one of many universes that exist side by side, or that there's a higher dimension or a higher universe that ours is a part of. And there are interesting arguments to support these ideas. For example, we know that there are strange things happening in the universe, such as the increasing speed of expansion of the universe which is one of the biggest mysteries in modern science. Because if you think about it, after the Big Bang, which was a big explosion, the speed of the expansion should slow down because of gravity. There is no rational reason or no good reason why it should be speeding up, which is what's happening. And one of the explanations that scientists and astrophysicists 
are dealing with is maybe this is due to the gravitational influence of adjacent universes that are gravitationally stretching our universe and making the expansion speed up. The dark energy. Another theory that is getting hold is the idea of us living in a simulated world. And the idea is easier and easier to imagine as IT is developing. Because you can consider the possibility that at some point we will be able to program a world. Something like The Sims, but better. And we can program into the characters free will or the perception or the idea of a free will. And we can then let them work on their own. And the characters in the game will, over time, develop computers of their own. And they will program another world inside of their world. And this can lead to the creation of many worlds or universes contained in themselves. And this idea is interesting because there is no proof that this is not the case. There are scientists seriously tackling this idea because it's not as absurd as it might seem. It's completely legit. There are some arguments for and against this possibility. Against would be, for example, some of the some phenomena that we know that are very complex or very chaotic, such as the movement of atoms, like in an atmosphere, which lead to atmospheric conditions and weather patterns, which are very chaotic and hard to simulate. But then again, this is only a matter of the complexity or the, the computing power that is necessary. An argument for simulation could be, for example, the things that tend to repeat, that disturb the status quo, Typically, when things seem to be going great, something happens. A dictator comes to power. There are natural disasters that stir things up, so that there is no longer period of time without anything major going on. Almost as if the programmer or the gamer became bored and did something to stir things up. So, there is no way to really prove or disprove these theories, but it's really interesting to consider them and to look for evidence for them. Because as science moves on, we probably will know what causes these. Things like dark matter, dark energy, and whether or not this is the only universe there is. 
whether or not we are the only inhabited planet in the whole universe or multiverse. What we do know is that, in a sense, we are in it alone. It is our duty to do our best in our life situations and as the caretakers of our society, of our nations, of the planet, and perhaps the whole universe or multiverse. You are the sum total of your thoughts. Your thoughts create pictures which lead to your actions. Your actions create habits. Your habits create who you are. Who you are, in turn, determines what you can do. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of Self-Development. If you think you got some value out of this episode, or you know someone you think might benefit from this podcast, tell your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or insights, write me at pdartofsd at gmail.com. Keep doing your part to enrich your life, and through your actions, leave the world better than you found it.